here's your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alex Garrett Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. And how every day it's a reminder to wear proudly. Every day it's a reminder to roll proudly. And here on Alex Garrett Podcasting, uh, we're going to welcome Kevin D. Miller into Wednesday's uh, September 2nd broadcast. Uh, well, podcast. Hopefully one day this is a broadcast. Anyway, uh, on this podcast, we're going to welcome Kevin D. Miller in just a minute. But I do want to catch up on a couple things. Firstly, we've got to say a prayer for our MTA workers. There have been three attacks in a, in a span of, what, 24 hours on our hardworking men and women that are just trying to get us from point A to point B. And we've got to say a prayer to those workers today that they heal and that those and that, that they are protected in general. They, they are um, they are in a sort of a bubble, if you will. Anyhow, uh, so we, we pray for them. And Pat Foy is still trying to get money for the MTA. It's, it's not a good situation. So we just pray for our transit authority, right? I mean, that, that's one thing we could do for them. Uh, and then the other big news overnight, which I, I think was interesting, is that the 1944 Public Health Service Act has been enacted again, or, you know, the button has been pushed to use it. It gives the administration broad quarantine powers. And this includes uh, extending the nationwide eviction moratorium through the end of the year. As you know, there have been reports that may be or may not be evictions running rampant if the federal government didn't do anything? Well, they did, and um, this moratorium will run through December 31st, applying to individuals earning less than $99,000 a year and who are unable to make rent or housing payments. As uh, landlords do, however, continue to make their own payments, um... I'm sure the Trump administration is going to be trying to work with both sides here, but I think I think extending it to the end of the year makes sense. I think that shows that people are going to be cared for, um, especially those who cannot afford the rent uh, to pay the rent right now. And I'm sure that these authorities will also provide more funding for landlords to keep business going, one would hope. Anyway, with all that being said, as the, you know, escalations now that we're seeing with the Yankees and the Rays, I mean, Kevin Cash last night, after Aroldis Chapman threw at Tampa's uh, Brousseau, oh man, uh, 
Kevin Cash. I said, yeah, I got a stable of guys that can throw 98 miles an hour. And they play today. So I'm to see how that. Uh, and they almost brawled last night at Yankee Stadium after the Yanks finally beat the Rays. Their second win of the season. Not of the series. Of the season. The 60-game season against Tampa. Uh, that being said, um, with all that bad blood and with other stuff going on and with the rioting still going on and so much chaos on our streets, I think what my friend Alex uh, Donato on Facebook sent me is a must-listen to. Then we'll throw it to Kevin Miller's interview, of course. Kevin D. Miller, Heart, Heart of Steel author about his grandfather, Stanley Pulski Miller. But first, take a, take a listen to this to make your Wednesday hopefully a little bit bright. Say thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for parents. Thank you for love. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for humility. Thank you for peace. Thank you for prosperity. Say thank you in advance for what's already yours. That's how I live my life. That's why I, why I am, one of the reasons why I am today. Say thank you in advance for what is already yours. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for every moment that led to this day. Thank you for the hard times. They made me appreciate the good times. Thank you for the lessons. They were needed for my development. Thank you for my eyes that get to witness the miracles of today and tomorrow. Thank you for everything I take for granted. Thank you for all of my blessings. Thank you for my drive. Thank you for my spirit. Thank you for my strength. Thank you for giving me the courage to fight through the hard times. Thank you for the people in my life, those I love and those I learn from. Thank you for it all. Thank you. Thank you. It's the key that opens the door to instant happiness, unlocks the door to everything we are really seeking in life, happiness and contentment. Think about it. No matter what you say you want, money, riches, health, to help others, why do you really want it? When you drill deep down, the only reason anyone wants anything is the feeling we believe we will get from having it. That all boils down to happiness and contentment. And the truth is, we can have it now if we are grateful. And if you get quiet, get away from the noise of the world, and think for a moment about what you could be grateful for, I'm sure you could find plenty. Be grateful there's food on the table, air in your lungs, life in your body. Get grateful that you have opportunity, opportunity to take your life to a whole nother level, to decide right now that you are going to live your dreams and never settle until you do. Get grateful for the mental strength you've been given to survive the hard times. Get grateful for your limbs if you have them. Many are not so blessed. Your eyesight if you have it. Many are not so blessed. You're hearing if you have it. Many are not so blessed. The health you do have, many are in worse positions. 
get grateful for that one person that has had an impact in your life or many people if you are so blessed. Then get grateful you can choose to be that person for someone else. That one that makes a difference in someone else's life, no matter how small. Get grateful you get to experience this magical universe. Today, look for miracles. I guarantee if you are looking, you will see them. There are unlimited things to be grateful for. Open your eyes. Unlock your amazing life. It's ready for you right now. Thank you for this day. Whatever it brings, whether a challenge I need to grow, a lineup to teach me patience, an unexpected blessing, every moment of joy, whatever today brings, thank you. Whatever it brings, I pray I have enough presence in each moment to know that no circumstance is my life. No high or low, no event, no thing is my life. Life is energy, and I know I'm so much more than my physical body. Thank you for my ability to love, to give to others my authentic love and kindness without expecting anything in return. Thank you for my strength. Thank you for my presence. Thank you for my ability to attract only the things and people that are in harmony with what I need in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this day, whatever it brings. That is called Fearless Soul. It's a whole speech, by the way. And you can find the rest of that at IamFearlessSoul.com. Wow. What a way to start the day. I know it's 8.30 in the morning, kind of later than usual. Uh, but if you're just waking up or if you're going to tune in as you're waking up, I uh, hope this day is full of blessings for you. I hope that the energy you put out is one of positivity, one of stability, and we just keep working at it day by day, every step of the way. So thank you, God, for bringing that video into my presence to share with my listeners and and we know it's always you lord that, that brings all these things into play so i am fearlesssoul.com i got to check that out as well and now someone who wrote about fearlessness i mean you talk about a fearless soul that was stanley pawlowski miller we've got an update for you from his grandson kevin d miller kevin welcome aboard to this podcast today yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, the books have been going real, real nice. Um, uh, yeah, my second book, White Skies, Black Mingo, uh, it's inspired by my great-great-grandmother, who was a Haudenosaunee uh, nation. She was uh, Ohio Seneca. And uh, it's a historical fiction s- story, but it's just inspired by her marriage to my great-great-grandfather, who was an Irish uh, veteran in the uh, Union in Union Army in the Civil War. So that's going really good. That's at the publisher. Headline Books is uh, the publisher for this. They picked it up, and uh, they're in the process of editing, and uh, they're going to send me some proofs here in the next few weeks, and we're putting the book cover together. So that's a big go. Lots more news on Heart of Steel. Um, first, I uh, got informed today that Heart of Steel, I uh, entered the, um, the uh, reader's favorite uh, book contest 
last April, and I was notified today that uh, Heart of Steel won a bronze award. Whoa! So, yeah, so that's that's awesome. That's going to give it a lot of publicity there, and uh, I'll get to put that badge on the book cover as well, and, and it's, they're going to blast it out. And, Congratulations and, uh, on that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And if I want to attend the uh, ceremony in Miami, I can, you know, I, I can do that. I just have to see if I want to go to Miami and right. and pick that up. That would be That would be a lot of fun, so we'll see about that. Um, the screenplay for the movie is complete, um, so now we're going to start the process of pitching the the film to studios and investors um, to get the funding to start production on the movie. So with that said, we also just finished up the audio book, and the audio book was, yeah, it was narrated by a really good uh, voice actor, a very, uh, very talented guy named Jim Meskimen. He is happens to be the son of Marion Ross. If you you're too young to remember the show okay. Happy Days, okay. But uh, but Happy Days, the mom on the show Happy Days back in the '70s was Marion Ross, very talented actor, very nice lady. So, but Jim uh, did a great job narrating the book. He used a lot of character voices. He's a he's a professional. Did he both roles. Was he both genders, male and female? Or? Yeah, yeah. Jim is Jim. Actually, I mean, you can look him up on YouTube. Uh, Meskimen, um, M E S um, K I M E N, I believe. He's a professional. Um, he does in, in, uh, impersonations. Okay. He does outstanding impersonations. And uh, so he did a really good job creating character voices for the book. So um, really pleased with that. So I just need to get that into editing and, and master that tape. And as soon as that's done, we're going to upload that to, uh, to ACX, and, and it'll be available on Amazon and iBooks pretty soon. So we're hanging tight on the, on the COVID stuff. We're getting kind of impatient when the girls want to get back to school, um, sure. driving them nuts, you know. But uh, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and just trying to patiently wait here for things to open back up. So how about you? How's things back in New York there, I've Alex? Been, I've been back in the office for a whole month now, and that was, as you know, really relieving for me because I feel like I was – I was sort of like never going to get out of the house till 2022. Yeah. It started to feel like, and <laughs> um, and now I'm back out there and I'm trying to find some sanity in the city, which is very tough. Mm-hmm. But when right. I do see pockets where people are rolling around doing things, that makes me feel better. So yeah, I right. do some of that sometimes. Um, but and then the podcasting, even with all the scheduling I've been doing, I still managed to bang a podcast out a day because I mm-hmm. think that was kind of my mission. I started, and that's what I've been trying to keep at. And I've yeah. I've also thought the balance of keeping habits that, like we all sort of create habits during the quarantine, right, to try and be more effective. Right. I'm trying to yeah. implement that in the workspace and not be a social and just do my work. And that's pretty. Uh, it, it's such a different thing because I'm accomplishing so much more than I ever did before because I'm taking sure. the stuff I did in this room, you know, working yeah. from home into the office space, and I think that's great. And gotcha. I I really hope and I really believe. That this city will have more than twenty five percent by the end of the year. I'm starting to see traffic already, so I'm oh, excited about that yeah. too. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's got to get back to normal. I, I, oh yeah, it does. Or it's the just, city's going to just go. And it's um, a it, it feels that some people wanted to just disappear because I think a lot of people in this country want us to disappear, and yep. I, I think that's tragic. Um, now I'm seeing that Trump was being criticized for saying patriotic education. Well, let's be honest. What are we getting taught in our schools? It's how bad I'm, you know, that's why yeah. there, there are so many rioters because they're getting taught a certain way. And I think that has to stop. 
Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I find it interesting that, because I don't know, we have been talking now for what, it feels like two years, but I guess it's been a year almost mm-hmm. already. So oh, yeah. did, did you ever think, uh, you know, you'd be studying your grandfather, Stanley Puholsky, and your great-grandma? I mean, did you ever think you'd be going that far down the family tree when you were uh, y- even younger or when you got to, when you were around your grandfather? Did you ever think you'd be covering the family tree like you are right now? No, absolutely not. No, this is something really that just kind of came uh, to fruition in the last few years, you know, and with the with the news that, you know, of our family name and changing and stuff. And, and really, my dad asking me to write his story, you know, three years ago, that's really got me started. And I, I'll tell you, I just I love writing. I found a new love. You know, I love to write. I'm going to start a third book here pretty soon. Um But uh, I'll keep the topic of that down, you know, secret now until I work out the details of the book. Sure. But uh, I'm I'm just excited. I'm having a great time, you know, doing this and, and telling stories. You know, I just, uh, you know, I, I, in my family, you know, I think my brother mentioned one time. He goes, you, you know, you're really good at this. This this book writing comes naturally because I've always been a storyteller. You know, I've always been able to tell a good story or make up a good story. You know, because when we were kids, we didn't have the internet and stuff. You know, we had to entertain ourselves and each other. So. So I, I'm I'm finding an avenue for storytelling, and I love to tell stories, and I love to you know for people to read those stories and be inspired by them. Kevin, let me ask you for the audience because I kind of know the story, but sure. not entirely. What were you doing before all of this research into your family? Like, what was your background? My background, um, I've got kind of a diverse background. I got a lot of years because I'm older, so obviously. But I mean, I'm a, a U.S. Uh, Air Force veteran. I spent eight years in the United States Air Force, serving this wonderful country and this uh, wonderful flag. Um, and after I got out uh, of the of the military, I received a Bachelor of Science degree in Electronics Technology, and I went to work for Motorola. Uh, I spent about 12 years at Motorola as a process engineer, and then I fell in love with when back in the 90s when this thing started flipping to the web. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this because I'm an artistic person but a technical person, and it just kind of meshed the two. So I, I changed careers, and I went and got a second bachelor's degree in information technology and in, in web design, and I, I got a job at the city of Peoria in Arizona as their web developer slash designer, and I spent 14 years there before I retired. And, uh, and, and then once I retired from the city of Peoria, I was able to join my wife and my two daughters uh, in California. We're residents of Arizona, but we're living in Southern California because my two daughter, my two teenage daughters are actors. They're acting and mm. pursuing acting careers. And they're both going to act in my movie, which not just because they're my daughters, but because they're actually professional actors and they're talented. Yeah. So, and just be awesome for them to play their ancestor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that you're very excited to have that happen. So and oh, I'm glad sure. to see that. That everything's on. So, um, you get you get the bronze award today. And aside from Miami, is there any way people can congratulate you? Like, what's the best way to say, "Hey, you know, we've been following oh, your yeah. journey. Congratulations." Yeah, you can uh, you can definitely you can find me on social media. The easiest way to find me on social media is to visit um, one of two websites. You can visit my website, heartofsteelbook.com. And on that, you, you'll learn a lot about the, the book Heart of Steel. And I've got my social media icons in the upper right-hand corner, my Facebook, my Twitter, uh, my YouTube. You can also find me on my uh, – I just built my uh, personal website, since I'm a web developer. Um, and it's at authorkevinmeller.com. And I've just put that up recently. And uh, cool. 
So, yeah, you can visit that as well, and I'm getting that one going and rolling, and, and uh, just find me on the social media. You can also Google, Ke- you know, author Kevin D. Miller, Art sure. of Steel book. I'll come up. Um, but yeah, I'd love to get Also, yeah. you're, you're active on everything. Um, was this like getting that? Now, now, see, we're going to talk about a different topic, and we're going to get there eventually, sure. but this is more interesting to me at the moment. Yeah. When you get the call today that you're, you got the award, did it almost mm-hmm. feel like a Hall of Fame call? Like, did you feel that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, and I was like a little kid. I'm like, yes, you know. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, like I won a trophy or something, you know. I mean, it, it was a big thrill because, uh, you know, we the reader's favorite is a very prestigious award. I mean, Jim Carrey has won another gold medal, I mean, for his book, most recent book. Um, and a lot of celebrities, uh, you know, are involved in in, in submitting their books for uh, for this and um, so I was thrilled and, and my book was submitted uh, by my PR firm um, Allen Media Strategies in out of DC um, and they uh, back in April so I, I've waited all this time from April of last year until mm. September to here to find out and you know I had my fingers crossed I didn't get my hopes up too high it's like in my debut uh, you know novel and there's a lot of talented wonderful writers out there with some great books so I am just ecstatic to be considered you know part of uh, part of that group you know that uh, has an award from from readers favorite so it's it's a big deal yeah yeah I was high-fiving and stuff you know fist pumping and I bet. stuff so you were supposed yeah. to distancing too, I hope, right? No, I'm just kidding. Also, man, yeah, yeah, I, I, I try to do my part. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. See, mm-hmm. and, and well, because there's, so I actually got retweeted by the Queensboro president, the borough ah. president of Queens, because I wrote an article about something they yeah. were doing. So, and I felt like I was going to be too late mm-hmm. with it, and I was going to be like, oh, I, sh- it doesn't matter what that I do yeah. it now because it's going to be too late. But they didn't think it was too sure. late. They retweeted me. So uh, did you ever I, feel like that with you? Like, was it ever, ever like, um, well, I, I'm dragging my feet on this book, or were you motivated from the get-go to write this? What was the writing process like for Heart of Steel? It, it was. I was highly motivated to write the story because as we dug into it deeper, and I, I spent a lot of time with my dad, you know, talking about it after he asked me to write it, and and I, you know, I got. A, he had a lot of. Uh, he had a lot of documents that I don't even think he knew he had. He had a gold mm-hmm. mine of documents that he had received from his cousins, you know, that he was going back and forth with, you know, for a while. And he finally just said, I, I don't know if I can write this. Would you write this? And I'm like, yes, I'll write that. So I took all his documentation, which contained, you know, newspaper articles from 1920, you know, court documents, um, personal letters from relatives that were written. And I've just extracted all that, all the information I could find and, and put all my facts together. I wanted to make sure I had all the facts as close as possible together. And then I started construct, constructing the book. You know, I, wow. I, I had three the books in three parts. So the first part of the book is really the, the murder and the scandal that happened. Um, you know, and, and I had all those newspaper articles to chronicle that. So it's really close to how it happened. And then the second part of the book is is it covers my my grandfather and his siblings when they find themselves kind of lost and on their own in an orphanage in, in Warren, Ohio, in 1920. And there's a lot of stuff going on there. There's some, you know, information missing out of there. And that's where, my, you know, the writer has to come in and I have to create those things based on what I know and what I think I know. 
And um, so that's the second part. Then the third part of the of the book is really Stanley's story when he finds and meets my grandmother, the love of his life, who he was married to mm. for 59 years. And uh, that's their love story. So the last part of it's a love story, and it, and it finishes like that. And it's a very emotional book. So, you know, if you go to read it, you know, have a box of tissues and, you know, and just anticipate that it's going to take you on a, on a roller coaster ride of emotions. And, and most people... They they want to finish the, they finish the book in one night or two nights because they can't put it down and I say that humbly but I, I get that feedback from so many readers you know that they just they're just like I could not put this book down right. so you know so the story itself is really good and and I must have did something right in the storytelling so well and um, I want to remind I want to remind listeners also sure. um, this isn't just award winning I mean you had the the hometown. Of Mister mm-hmm. Stanley Porowski, uh, young uh, young son of Ohio, write about your book, and I thought that was pretty impressive. Have there other been other articles since that that that's been featuring you? And the yeah, there there's been quite a few. Um, yeah, there was a, an article in Youngstown, Ohio, that uh, picked it up and, and talked about the book, and uh, there was um, there's been articles in Warren, Ohio, uh, initially. You know, they did several articles on on you know reviving that story because they're the one that printed the story originally in 1920. Right. So when I approached them, they they were very interested in in you know in redoing the story and writing this you know writing a story about the book and stuff, and then. Um, there's yeah, there's been uh, some magazines. There, one of the Polish magazines. There was a guy named Roger Puhalski, and he was like, um, he goes, I don't know if it's a rela- related. He goes, but um, he goes that, that intrigued me, and he read the book and wrote a an article on it as well. It wasn't what he expected. He expected all. You know, they changed their name because the, a lot of the Polish immigrants changed their name to hide the fact that they were Polish when they came to this sure. country. But he was surprised to see the actual reason why my family name was changed and uh, intrigued by that. Well, you know, and I got to mm-hmm. throw this out there. You're a pro-Trump supporter, which is great. Mm-hmm. But do you ever get a mm-hmm. question of like from someone that says, but you wrote about immigrants and look what he's doing to the immigrant. And you're like, well... My grandfather did things the right way, type of thing. Like, do you ever get that argument from people? Like, why are you supporting? Well, oh, yeah. I mean, you're always going to get arguments, you're, and there's always going to be differences of opinions, and that's what makes America and freedom what it is. It's like, mm-hmm. what scares me is 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 the the movement now to shut down free speech and to not to listen to one's one view and that's you can't learn from that that's that's bad i mean that's history repeating itself there and it's a scary thing but yeah my my argument is that's you know those are my values and i have those values for a reason and and um you know i just uh, you know, my grandfather, you know, he, he did, he lived his life the way he was, you know, wanted to live it. And, and, uh, and he, you know, pe- took care of us. And, and, and I just, you know, I just think that everyone has the right to their opinion. Everyone has the right for discussion and we should keep discussion open because that's how we learn from each other, right. you know, is have different opinions. If everybody follows the same narrative and believes the same thing, you know, then we're, we're kind of blind. And the media is, is is terrible with that. I mean, the media has put out so much false information, you know, that that it just and, and, and they spin stories to suit their narrative and their needs and stuff. And people aren't getting the people aren't learning the truth about things. I mean, people are not learning what's really happening out there. They're getting a false narrative and it's creating conflict and the media and this this movement in America to just divide us 
and cause us to, you know, hate each other and fight with each other and stuff, they're, they're, they're winning when, when we allow them to do that instead of going and getting those, that information on our own, you know, go out and talk to your neighbor, go out and, right. and see for yourself, you know, without getting yourself in danger or anything, but go out and see what's happening yourself. Talk to people, you know, don't listen and take the, 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 ground. the news. A- absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, how did you get, okay, you're pro-Trump and yet you get the mother of the Fonz to do this audio book. I ask you this time and time again because you have so many stories of Hollywood helping you out. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. all we hear is how badly Hollywood, uh, you know, yeah. sort of excommunicates people who are pro-Trump. So how do you do yeah. it? How do you still maintain that connection even with your views? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of good people, you know, in California and in Hollywood as well. I mean, there's a lot of bad people, as we know, and there really is a lot of danger. And that's something we, you know, we, we keep a close eye on with having two teenage daughters, you know, that we've, uh, you know, you know, uh, brought out here to to pursue their acting careers but there's you know their agents are good we we know you know we kind of know and and keep them safe and we've got good agents they've got good managers and such but uh it's you know like i said there's good people and and you know it, it there's no place i don't think for politics you know in in a, in a any business you know it's like Who's the most talented person for this job? That's the person that should receive that job. And 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 not everybody, you know, there's not not everybody in Hollywood is, you know, has is left leaning or liberal leaning. There's a lot of conservatives and right leaning people, too. Um, they're, you know, kind of, uh, you know, sometimes they're they're blackballed for having conservative views, you know. It's kind of flipped because back, you know, years ago in the 50s and stuff, it was the other way around. The conservatives were kind of blackballing the, you know, the liberal ideas and stuff. But that's certainly flipped and stuff. But it's you don't see it that much. I mean, I, I have I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends who are liberal and left leaning. I have a lot of friends who are conservative and a lot of them that are in the middle, you know, and a lot Same of times. Story. Yeah, no, go ahead. And they stay because they see you are as a good person. They don't care about who you vote for, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it's like, judge me by the person that I am. Don't judge me by, you know, my politics or the decisions I make or my, you know, you know, judge me on that, you know, because everyone doesn't have all the answers, you know, and that's the problem is, is there's so many people I think that are just a, a little bit arrogant in thinking that they have the answers and that they know when it's like, if you don't think like I think, you're wrong, you know, it's like then you're closing that off to the possibility of maybe learning something that you didn't know that or maybe seeing deeper into a subject that you didn't take the time to do because you just listened to it superficially and and plugged your brain into the the mainstream media and, and you're letting them think for you, you know, but but when people talk in person, you know, there's a lot more that we have in common than we realize, you know, I find a lot more things that I agree, you know, with my uh, friends from, you know, different political backgrounds or religious views, you know, than, than that we disagree on, you know, but we just got to have that conversation. That's all. Yeah. It's just having a conversation. It's like, okay, you know, we just agree to disagree on this. I believe like this, you believe like that for whatever reason. And, and just stop labeling people, you know, as a racist, if they don't, believe the way you believe that doesn't make them a racist that make and that's that's the thing right the word racist that, that, that label has been used so much that it's just what does it even mean anymore it feels watered down yeah. doesn't it it's true it's truly watered down and and somewhat if you've ever experienced racism or, or really know a true racist there's a huge difference you know but you know between 
you know, ordin you know, just ordinary people are, are, are you know that are being labeled racist than the way, real actual racists. And by the way, this horrible administration just froze evictions. For millions of Americans, so tell me how bad yeah. this administration is. Uh, yeah, exactly. That. But you won't hear that. You know, you'll hear it here, where you're you're telling you're telling everybody, Alex. I mean, if people listen to you, they're going to hear what's actually going on. But you won't hear that on on CNN or MSNBC or, or anywhere. You know, you won't hear that. You're not going to hear those those th- things on on prison reform. You know what? Prison reform. Yes, Trump has done more for prison reform than any president before him. You know, he's done all the stuff that former administrations, you know, said they would do, didn't do. He's actually done, you know. So, you know, so my my point would be take the time and look into the facts and really see what is and what isn't. You know, don't just take somebody's word that somebody's racist, that somebody's, you know, something that they're really not. CNN just gave them credit tonight, by the way, on one of the apps. Notifications as Americans continue to die from COVID, the president is resigned to his spread, and the White House is focused on limited mitigation. I mean, it sounds like they're actually giving him credit for understanding this a little better, um, which is yeah. very rare for CNN to do. But, but yeah. I actually brought you on for a totally different reason tonight. Sure, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you, God brings us together in the most interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be projects I'm working on, you're working on, we all we come together, yeah. you know. Um, right. This time I found a story of a 23-year-old grandfather. Now, firstly, at age 23, what was your grandfather doing um, at, at that point? My grandfather was actually in uh, Canton, Ohio, he, uh, living on his cabin. He was retired with my grand, grandma, Emma May. And um, at 23, I was uh, I think I was stationed in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and you know, U.S. Air Force freezing my butt off. <laughs> well, would you do what this kid, I believe, in the U.K.? did for his cousin that you saw the story 23 year old in the uk adopts his cousin because she was pregnant and had no one around and she had the baby and the and this kid at 23 became a grandfather when you read that story what did you think of it i thought that was awesome i thought it was amazing for you know for someone you know at that age 23 years old to have that kind of maturity and that kind of love for their family it, it made me kind of relate to heart of steel my own book and my own grandfather the fact that that's what the whole message is that's what the whole arc of the story is is love for the family you, you do everything you can for that family you know and and he he took care of his cousin and he's taking care of his his new grandson now, you know, and and that's just a, a may, I just hands off to him, you know. Well, I'm sorry, that wasn't well. He was in Australia, I guess. Tommy Conley is yeah. his name in Queensland, uh-huh. Australia. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, it was. Mm-hmm. He gave uh, he got a message from his cousin and just took action. And I really did feel like that was your grandfather. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say reincarnated because I don't know if you believe in that, but I believe that that is something that yeah. he would have done, and he did. That do was his heart. His, yeah, that that was mm-hmm. what your grandfather did. Even at a younger age yeah. of twenty three, he brought right. his siblings out of despair. Uh, right. And so I related to that story with him and and your and your fa- grandfather's story. Yeah, yeah, no, he he, yeah, this young man has that kind of a heart, that heart of steel. He definitely has it. He's got a heart of love, and and, and he's solid. And I just wish you could see more of that, you know, that more people would, would see that and, and take care of, you know, their family or somebody in need, somebody hurting. You know, I, I'm proud of him. I don't know him, but I, I'm proud of him. And and I was just uh, very touched and moved by his uh, love and compassion for his family. 
it would be kind of fun to connect you guys up because I think you'd have a lot to talk about. To be very honest, yeah, with yeah. You. oh for sure, yeah, yeah. He's um, yeah, it's, it's a very great story that uh, you know that he uh, that you know, he I'm did this. Thinking about character because I read this book called The Character Character mm-hmm. Gap by Christian B. Miller. I'm hoping to have another Miller, Christian B. Yeah. Miller from Wake Forest. I'm hoping to have him on again mm-hmm. soon. Oh yeah, but he really, you know, he did all these studies and they're showing how people just kind of walk on by if they see something yet what do you think it is that drives people to be that heroic like your grandfather like this tommy Connolly, and i think like you're doing writing this book i mean where where do you think those instincts come in from because it's, it's something that you can't really uh teach can you no you, you can't teach it. it it comes from love alex i mean everything is you know love is first like it like in the bible the most important of these is love and, and that's what drives people to do the things they do. That's what drives people to, you know, sacrifice their life, you know, for someone that they love is, is, is that's the driving force, you know, to protect it, to, to protect your family and, and to love them. I mean, we love our kids, you know, um, I love my kids, you know, more than my life. I, I would I would give my life for them in a heartbeat in a second, you know, just mm. because you know, out of love, you know, no, and, and this young man it was full of love and he did what he did out of, out of love. And and um, and I'm sure that baby's going to be raised right. You just you, you got a feeling. Um, he looks like a happy little guy with his red hair. <laughs> and it's going to make you know. And this is the other thing that was originally you know you were originally pitched to talk about family secrets because this was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So okay, well then let me ask you this: Do you think in today's world, you know, only Youngstown, Ohio newspapers picked up on this story back in the mm-hmm. day? But mm-hmm. could we have seen this? Like we saw the story blow up on social media. Could could your grandfather's story have blown up? And him, who a man who didn't want any of this to come out, keep in mind, mm-hmm. uh, would it have come out in this type of hyper social media world? Yeah, I mean, it, I, you know, I would have to probably say yes, probably because it's harder to keep things personal these days because there's so much i mean out there everything gets blasted out on social media in every direction i mean there's that's a two-edged sword you know i mean there's a lot of nice things with technology and and the internet but there's a it's there's a lot of bad dark side you know to it as well and yeah i I think it would have been far more difficult for him to keep the the secrets that he kept you know to himself in in an age like that like today and and why do you think that was driven? Um, well, we kind of got into it, but not entirely. Why was it driven to keep his keep the story secret? Why did Stanley Polsky not want to have his story told? What was that reason he, behind it? Yeah, um, I believe my grandfather was just trying to protect his family. He was trying to protect his children and his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren from a family tragedy that took place. Um, he was protecting his mother, you know, and in, in those days, it was 1920s, you know, you, that's what you did. You didn't talk about your family secrets or your family tragedies or, or, you know, you didn't go around exposing, you know, those things. Those were dealt with inside your own family, you know, and, and those things were kept, you know, you know, hidden and protected, you know, to, so from the outside world because, the, you know, the outside world is going to judge you, you know, they're going to judge mm-hmm the family and they're going to judge him. They're going to judge his mother and, 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 you know, everything that went on. And he didn't want that. He, he wanted to make sure that, you know, that he could separate himself from this family tragedy and, and move his family into a new name and a new life and a new start, you know, and just push that in his past. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and this is kind of a difference in the culture, right? I feel like today, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think this kid wanted the fame. I think he just did and happened to get picked mm-hmm. up on. But there are people mm-hmm. that do things just to be seen as doing something. And, yeah. and oh, that's sure. where your grandfather could be even more admired because he didn't mm-hmm. want to be known for that. He wanted right. to be under yep. wraps. I mean, that's admirable in of itself. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, it's it's more admirable for people. I admire people far more who do wonderful things, you know, and keep it a secret. I mean, that's that's what the Bible tells us to do. It's like if you if you're out there bragging about, oh, look what I did, you know, this is my charity stuff, you've gotten your reward. You know, you've you've brought your own reward upon yourself. But a person who keeps that secret, you know, and, and is, you know, is taking doing charity work. You know, the Lord who knows all secrets, you know, will reward that person someday. So, so yeah, I think it's much more admirable to just, you know, keep those things to yourself. You know, do do good things. Do you know, show love and and, and be sincere when you do. You know, not not looking for attention or wow, wow, look at me. You know, mm. what a great person I am. You know, because then then it, it loses that that it, reality. It loses that, the luster. I I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, right. And, the truth dissipates. Well, not only the truth, I just think the, the, cause then I don't know if you see on social media, but then I see people saying, you know, I did this today, but why didn't something good happen to me? It's like, that's not how this works, pal. You know, not that's how not how this works. works. Exactly. And, uh, and your father, your grandfather understood it. You understand it. And I know I've asked you this before, but for those just listening, I feel like revisiting mm-hmm. this question. Sure. He tells your uncle, your father's brother, don't ever ask yep. me about my yep. life again right yet here you are talking about his life years later and has there ever been indication that that he's smiling down i'm sure he is but have you ever noticed signs that yes your grandfather is with you in spirit as you do this making his story known yeah i mean that's that's always a good question it's an interesting question and uh you were the first one to ask me that question i have been asked that uh many times since and my answer to that is is this. It's like, because I struggled, you know, we struggled whether or not to tell his story and maybe, to, you know, just to respect his wishes. But as I, did, did, you know, dove into the story and, and just saw what a, a wonderful man he was and, and what he did for us and for our family, I, I couldn't. I couldn't not tell his story, you know, and because not only to honor him, to honor the man, my grandfather, but also because the story is inspirational, because I think it's going to touch other people out there. It's going to touch their lives. They're going to relate to him. They're going to relate to the story. And it, it inspires people and shows people that don't ever give up, you know, no matter how impossible the odds are, no matter how bad things seem, don't ever give up, you know, don't give up on your family. Don't give up on yourself. And and I'm, I just hope the story inspires people, and and I think it has, and I, that's why we decided to go ahead and, and let's publish the story. And, and Grant, my grandpa, if he were here today, he still wouldn't want to talk about it, and he'd want to talk about him. You know, he wouldn't he wouldn't want to talk about himself. He'll want he would not talk about you. If he was on here with you, Alex, he would be wanting he he'd be asking the questions. He'd be, he'd want to hear how your life is going. How, what do you think? He wouldn't want to you know talk about himself. He was humble that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I decided I'm, I'm going to be his voice because I, I think it's his story needs to be told, and that's why I told it. And it's a, it is a, a remarkable story, and now that's going to be in theaters. That is even more intriguing. I mean, it, it's gone from and, and and you're progressing, so it's really become a project of evolution that we're seeing in front in front of yeah. our eyes. Yeah, and, it's um, it's. Mm-hmm. 
And that's very cool, Kevin. So I'm, I'm proud of every step. I'm glad that we bring you on here and, and talk about his story because I think it's, it's meant to be told. And I think yeah. you can inspire others who might have those family secrets sure. to share it, right? Yeah. I, I think everybody has a story, you know? I mean, you have a great story, Alex. I mean, you, you, you probably have a lot of great stories that you, you know, you need to get out there and tell. And, and people, uh, it's okay to tell your story because I think it'll touch other people's lives, you know? And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's, I would encourage people who are thinking about that, who have a great story or a good story about their family or just any story that they, they want to tell to, to write, do it, put it on paper. Don't talk about it. You know, just, just start writing, just pull your screen up and, and you, you know, you might not know where to start, but where you start is you just start putting words on paper, you know, cause you're going to go back and you're going to, mm-hmm. yeah. And Emma May wasn't around to see this book be published, no. but did she ever say, you know, I know my husband didn't want, to have it told but someone should tell it did she ever intimate that at all she never did no she she never talked about it either you know they um she, she was mum on the subject as well mm-hmm. and did yeah. that sort of like was that um uh, you know you were younger then so i'm sure you wish both of them would actually open up to you about it right you were oh, hoping gosh. for years yeah, yeah, I, I would so love to go back in time and be able to sit with them and talk to them and ask them questions. I don't think I would get a whole lot out of my grandfather because I think he would just stay tight-lipped, but I sure would push him, you know, and I would sure talk more to my grandma and, and, and try to get more information. Even my great-grandmother, Stella, you know, I, I knew her at 13 before she passed, and there's just so much, I, oh, gosh, if you just go back in time and, and questions I could ask and, and answers that I could get, but, you know... It's hard to believe that this story took place a hundred years ago, isn't it? Because I think you yeah, it, earlier in the year. Absolutely, yes, yeah. The anniversary is um, the hundred year anniversary is coming up. Um, the The murder took place on the night or the mor- early morning of September thirteenth, nineteen twenty. So here in a few days, you know, we're gonna I'm gonna blast some stuff out just because it's going to be the hundred anniversary of uh, of this tragedy in my family. And remind us the date again. Remind us the date one more time. The uh, the date of the murder uh, occurred on September thirteenth, nineteen twenty. Wow! So, so we're definitely going to keep first. an eye on that date. Yeah, um, we're twelve days away mm-hmm, from the hundredth anniversary. And are you going to so. do anything special, like virtual, for it? Or besides social media blasts, are they going to? Is there going to be a chance to actually talk to you on that day? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I have I don't have anything planned. I mean, you're you're more than welcome to connect with me if you want to, Alex. I'd love to talk to you on that day if you like. Sure. Um, and I'm gonna just yeah, I'm gonna be pushing some stuff up on social media. I'm gonna try to you know, you know, do some specials, maybe run some contests, maybe do some fun stuff online, and and such. But yeah, yeah, we can we can uh, we can hook up if you want to. And, I would love uh, and to, and I I think it's so important because. What we've seen is a lack of humanity. What I mean by that is you are a family man. You have a family. Mm-hmm. President Trump has yep. a family. All these people that are losing their businesses, they have a family. And you, mm-hmm. as we're talking tonight, I mean, we're in our fifth conversation in this series. But as we're talking tonight, I could just say we need more of these stories because we're forgetting yeah. the fabric of what family is. And yes. as as that... Um, there was a mom recently who said, "You can't, you can't act like this is a video game. This is real lives 
losing right. lost at the hands of violence that's kind of being excused i hate to say it but it is and yep. and so by you telling your family story i think it brings more humanity to a party by the way that claims humanity all the way and yet they're not showing right. it at all yeah yeah and you can't you can't erase your history i mean my story is a perfect example it's like it's a history that, you know, my grandfather wanted to erase, you know, but it's our history and it's where we came from. And, and, you know, those as painful as those things are, sometimes we need to hold on to our history so that we learn from it. You can't erase it. You know, you can't erase those things. That's how we grow as people and as, and as human beings and, and move forward and, and make things right in the world, you know, is by, is by referring back to where history and where we came from and the mistakes that we made and, and, and work to correct those mistakes and not repeat the mistakes. And it looks, you know, cause the direction we're headed now is we're headed to repeating those mistakes, you know, of the past. And it's, and it's even worse form. It feels time. like, so anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us tonight and I'm going to have you back on for sure. Let's think about September 13th. Really? Yeah. Um, because I mean that's again that's not just a date that's the date your great grandfather got murdered and let's not right. lose sight of that that's your family that's blood and I think yeah. I have to imagine since learning about this on that date you get a little more emotional don't you Yeah it's um since since we've learned that it's it's, it's kind of a sobering day you know it's it's one of those days where you just you know kind of you know just thoughtful you know mm-hmm. deep in thought Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and sort of like, how am I here to tell the story? What's God's plan mm-hmm. with all of this? You know, exactly. So we let that plan unfold, and I know you got to run, Kevin, but I I love talking yeah. with you, brother. And be safe. Yeah. And hey, looks like we're gonna have football, so let let's hope on that too. Oh, right? let's hope, man. <laughs> let's hope. Yeah, don't take football away from us. You know. No, no. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, let's let's do it. So thank you, Alex. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. I always love talking to you, man. And I wish you the best. And and we'll talk again soon. Yes, we will. I'm Alex Garrett. This has been another edition of Alex Garrett Podcasting. Thanks for joining.